Hey, Rose, do you ever call up Royally Obsessed on Alexa? It's one of the easiest ways to listen to the pod. You can hear our latest episode every week there, thanks to Amazon Music, which has a full catalog of podcasts, including Royally Obsessed. All you have to do is say, Alexa, play Royally Obsessed on Amazon Music. Oh, no, mine is listening to me say that right at this moment. <laughs> a royal reminder, new episodes drop every Thursday. Tune in on Amazon Music. Now on to the show. Please rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by! Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen! We are back with another episode of your favorite royals podcast. It is, drumroll please, Royally Obsessed. There goes my mic. I shouldn't have done that. (laughs) I'm Roberta. (laughs) I'm Rachel. I'm loving the mic falling over. <laughs> I'll just hold it like this the whole time, I guess. This is fine. Do you need a minute? Look, you okay? This is how I this is how I operate you now. You look like um like Beyonce, like you're like at a concert or Britney That's Spears or something. This is gonna give me yes. the confidence of that need. energy. Let me get through the beginning part and then we can get into the episode and I'll adjust. So first off, if you want to email us, please do info at gallerypodcasts.com. We love hearing from our audience. Also, if you haven't yet pick up the best the trendiest, the cutest summer sweatshirt, shop.royallyobsessed.com for your podcast merch. And the Corgi tote bag is obviously on there as well. What else am I missing? Oh, follow us on Instagram at royallyobsessedpodcast.com. Nope, that's not right. At royallyobsessedpodcast. <laughs> Rachel, what are we talking about? Let me get my mic adjusted on it. Oh my gosh. Yes. You take care of that while I say what's coming up. We are discussing the Cambridge's new portrait, the queen in Scotland. What a surprise, Roberta. This was so exciting. Meghan and Harry visited Oprah? What? Huh? Those pics? Oh my gosh. Also, big announcement is that we feel actually terrible sharing this, but we are taking next week off, guys. We have not, Roberta and I have not taken a week off since the since we took over in yeah. April 2020 for this podcast. And the 4th of July felt like a quiet Royals week, so we are going to take advantage. And we love you, mean it, and we will be back the following week. Yeah, so while we're gone, go back, listen to all your favorite episodes to get your Royal fix. Do you have a favorite, First, Roberta? Am I allowed oh to gosh. ask you that? It's like yeah, picking your favorite child. I mean, Romney coming on was such a delight. Like, I just don't know any yes, other word except I loved it was delightful. Romney um, Smith, yes. I liked having the chat about Julia Roberts. Anytime we talk about Julia Roberts and oh, Megan's pregnancy announcement Notting, Notting Hill, Hill references. Yeah, that, was that was really I fun. know. I know. I like any uh, time Chris Jackson joins. I'm trying yes. to think who else. We've had just so many fantastic. The Spencer recap with Eloise Moran. Like, I think all those things are really fun. So you guys will be entertained next week. You just of course. There's go plenty, into the archive. Plenty, yeah, plenty of royal content to keep you satisfied. But what okay. are we sipping? And now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail. We are sipping, I mean, the drink of summer, rosé, of course, La Marca <laughs> Prosecco rosé, to be specific. Even La Marca is obviously one of the most pop. it is the most popular, actually, Prosecco in the country, and I have a fun drink recipe that everyone should try that involves rosé, so here- Give it to me. Yes, I want it to. What you do, and this is from my friend who- runs a food blog. She's new to the scene and she is incredible. Her name's Olivia and it, it's at seasonal scoops is her handle. And with a period se- in the middle seasonal though? dot scoops. Yeah. And what you do is you take a scoop of sorbet, which mm-hmm. she makes at home, but a scoop of sorbet, which I'm going to do this weekend and pour 
rosé over it and then put like either a slice of lemon or some berries or like even a sprig of mint I feel like would be really beautiful and that so is summery. such a fun refreshing dessert drink that I think I'm gonna try out for July yeah 4th. I also love sorbet so the combo is a dream <laughs> how was your weekend though while we're sipping so basically horrible. I mean, I feel like highs on the micro. No, I'm saying like, I think that the news of the world we're all reeling from. I'm not even the world. Sorry, the US. The world is also, (laughs) it feels like it's imploding, but I feel like the uh, Roe versus Wade, Roe v. Wade decision was, as as much as we knew it was coming, was really um, just traumatic. Traumatic, I think. And it still continues to be. I feel like on that no, or not on that note, totally unrelated. Finn got vaccinated. So the first shot, which was just a huge moment in my life and in this pandemic journey for myself. So I guess highs and lows. Hi- yeah, I was going to say highs and lows. And also, I mean, I know you and I are in the same boat where like a lot of tears were shed Friday mm-hmm. and also Saturday and also Sunday and still this week. And I think we've heard from some listeners too about the decision and I think everyone needs to take the time to kind of step back and like process all of this because it's really traumatic. That's the only word I can think of mm-hmm. right now. Um, but I loved Megan and Gloria Steinem talking about the issue and we'll talk about that more coming Most up. It's amazing reunion. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to tell you quickly because of Tom Cruise and your love. Well, it's just like our love of Tom Cruise that I rewatched the first Top Gun and it was Dave's first time seeing it. And this weekend and so good i had dreams about tom cruise all week <laughs> what that feels not that was that uncomfy but that in a good way good. like the character the character of, of yes i still have not seen the first one or the second yet and i feel like that is problematic i need to get it up get it we done. we're so excited to see the second one i think we're gonna try to go this weekend maybe fourth of july <sighs> is a good movie theater weekend so maybe oh we'll yeah absolutely yeah. and that feels like I remember seeing like Independence Day on the 4th of July with throwback to I guess Will Smith and Bill Pullman like <laughs> way back when it just yeah. feels yeah patriotic you, even when you're though, not feeling that patriotic right now but yeah tell me though what you're most looking forward to about this trip you're leaving this weekend what oh yeah you- so this is a royal tie-in I did want to just quickly mention obviously Wimbledon is in full swing we haven't had a ton of royal appearances but I have tennis on the brain personally because of California, and I've been booking tennis lessons for while I'm out there at like locally where I'm staying nice. with my in-laws and then also at the resort because we'll be going to um, doing some excursions and things like that. So I just am super pumped for tennis in my life while I'm in California. It's, it's so much easier there because in Brooklyn, it's a real like you actually have to get in line at like four or five in the morning to reserve a court during the day if you want to play. Just it's it's a real to do. Yeah. You can pretend like you're at Wimbledon when you're Yeah. And I hope we get more royal sightings. I'm really excited. But should we talk about the listener email? Yes, let's do it. So we got a wonderful letter from Monique. She emailed and said, first, I just love the podcast. I look forward to Thursdays when I can hear your thoughts on what happened during the week with members of the royal family. I feel as if I'm chatting with a couple friends, spilling the royal tea, as it were. I've been royally obsessed since Diana joined the monarchy. Princess Diana and I share a birthday, and she always felt like a kindred spirit to me. While cleaning and organizing bookshelves at my parents' house, I found this September 2003 edition of Vanity Fair. I was surprised and pleased to find it and thought, what perfect timing was William turning 40 this year? I immediately knew I needed to share this with you. Please keep up the good work providing listeners with all things royal. And it's the Vanity Fair cover with young Prince William. I have a question. Was that 
magazine on your desk at one point at Pure Wow. I remember seeing it one day way back when, pre-pandemic, as I like to say. Good memory, Rachel. Wow, I am. Impressed. Why was it there? What? What? When did that? My fall mom into your found life? it and sent it to me randomly. So I was just going to say that I have the same magazine. And happy birthday, Monique! That's so yes. cool. That you guys, you and Diana, share that birthday, full head of hair on William. Talk though. About. Yeah, so handsome. Also, we wanted to talk about this response we had to last week's letter. If you guys remember, it was a longer letter talking about the comparisons between William and Harry's relationship and Charles and Diana and. We got a response that said, um, this is from Meredith. She thinks that there are more parallels between the queen, Queen Elizabeth, and her sister, Princess Margaret, than there are between the Charles-Diana relationship. And how, just like William, the queen chose duty above her sister's happiness when it came to the marriage of Peter Townsend. Um, And obviously, William has chosen duty, um, not above his brother, but there's definitely some parallels there. This sentence stuck out to me. Meredith said, like everyone else, I hope the brothers can find a way to mend their relationship. But to me, it seems like Meghan and Harry are mostly the ones putting salt on the wounds. It will be interesting to see what happens later this year. I like that there are other comparisons out there. What do you think, Rachel? Yeah, and I think I like that, you know, thank you for writing us in, Meredith, and saying that you felt that way. I think we tried really hard to have a balanced take on that. Um, But yeah, I think that we just need to be really cognizant of borrowing from the past and these comparisons because I think it is really nuanced. Totally. Okay. Happy birthday, Princess Diana. And now, this week in royal history. Oh, let's discuss it. Flashing back to July 1st, 1961. This was shared by Charles Spencer last year, so I thought it was a fun, like, setting the scene on Instagram when she, when it was would have been Diana's 60th birthday. He said, it was an exceptionally hot English summer's day when Diana came into the world. She was born at Park House at Sandringham to John Spencer, later known as the 8th Earl Spencer, and Francis Roche, later Francis Shond Kidd. It came, her birth famously came after the death of her brother John, who died after 10 hours of life. It was a very big devastation to Diana's parents, and they very famously longed for a boy. And then when Diana came, it was yet another girl. So she has made made remarks to Andrew Morton about that, just kind of, you know, oh, this is potentially boring. It's just another daughter. I can't believe it's been a year since the Diana statue was unveiled, because that would, again, was on the anniversary of what would have been her 60th birthday. It's still top of my list, Roberta, for you and I to get there together. I also thought about, too, that, yeah, it's the one-year anniversary of the statue unveiling. And in a way, it seems like, if anything, the relationship, which we had hoped and felt would get a lot better, has actually gotten yeah. what seems to be worse. And so it's it's hard to kind of see that play out, that a full year has gone by and not much has changed there, it seems. Yeah, we had a ton of optimism at that of unveiling about that reunion of, of William and Harry and it was that the last picture we have of them together? Yeah, because there was none at the Jubilee. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Diana's legacy? I just, I think that it's a nice question to think about, you know. Yeah, I feel like there are two parts to her. There is the rebellious side that I always love. And I think the fashion that falls into that category. And then there is the service. The service, whether it was to charities that 
uh, helped with AIDS research, whether it was to homelessness. I think those two aspects of her life are what stand out to me most. Mm -hmm. I always think about your appearance, star appearance on um, the Diana series on CNN. And I think that's worth a rewatch if anyone wants to um, honor her birthday in a a content filled way. What about you, Rachel? What do you think? That's true. I think less about legacy, but more about like, I just look at Fergie and the fact that, you know, Fergie's 62 and some parts, very few, but some parts of their lives are very comparable. And I, I, I think about Diana at what would have been 61 this year, living that philanthropic life, but also just doting on her grandchildren, right? Mm-hmm. Perhaps living in the US, maybe the UK, splitting the time. Like, I just feel like it's, uh, you know, it's hard to commemorate her birthday without also just thinking about what a loss it is that she's not here. You know, those headlines that are like, Kate wishes that Harry could come to William's birthday party this summer are like, Megan wants to be in London, I like where it's like such speculation and it's all these royal sources. But then there mm-hmm. are some that are like, Diana would be so mad that her sons are feuding. And those ones I actually <laughs> do really agree with. Like, well, I don't I think- believe any of the others, but it's like, I do really think that Diana would be so upset to have her two boys. I think any mother would be, right? Of you course. would never want your kids to be apart from each other. I think my mom says that when I fight with my sister. <laughs> She's yeah. like, if you if you only understood what this feels like for a parent. So yeah, it's uh, it's definitely, I think that's her biggest legacy as well as her boys. But it's weirdly, July 1st is weirdly a strange day in the royal yes. calendar because there's this other there's two things on July 1st. That <laughs> that's what weird. I was going to say. We have Prince Charles investiture as Prince of Wales also on July 1st, 1969. For reference, Diana would have been eight years old on that day. Um, And we have the birth of Charles Armstrong Jones, who came into the world on July 1st, 1999, also known as Viscount Lindley. He's the grandson of Princess Margaret and the son of David Armstrong Jones. Apparently, he went to Eton the same year as Arthur Chato, but Charles Armstrong Jones, because there's so many Charles in our orbit, Mm -hmm. is not on IG. And neither is Arthur, Mm -hmm. but his brother Sam is. Sam is, I mean, all those boys are so adorable yeah (laughs) i know not weird events i don't know why i said weird but i feel like it is weird to think that diana was eight and having like a birthday cake probably and then charles was getting invested as the prince of wales it's just a very and they're on the same day it's worth re-watching the actual footage of his investiture and then potentially re-watching one of my favorite episodes of the crown that was season three right yes such a call out Okay, this week for the news, we're going to do a little bit differently. We're going to do like a show and tell. So I'm going to tell Rachel what news I is top of mind. Rachel will do the same and then we'll switch. So first up, we have the Cambridge portrait. What a surprise this was. The day our last episode dropped last Thursday, the big reveal of award-winning British portrait artist Jamie Corrath's portrait, first ever of the couple at the Fitzwilliam Museum in Cambridge their namesake, commissioned by Cambridgeshire Royal Portrait Fund, which there is nothing more British than the Cambridgeshire Royal Portrait Fund. Say that five times fast. Cambridgeshire Royal Portrait Fund. <laughs> William, <laughs> William's remark was, it's quite big. Kate also did a double take. They're both art history majors. That is until William said it was too boring and he switched to geography. I feel like this was a huge moment for royal watchers just to see the first ever portrait as a couple. I asked 
Bethan Holt because she is she's the on fashion... speed dial for us. Basically, she is. <laughs> I mean, we also got comments from our audience saying like, "Ask Bethan Holt what she thinks." Yeah. So of course, fa- thank you guys for si- directing us. We were going to probably do that anyway, but we did it. And she's the fashion director for the Telegraph and the author of The Queen. She's also the author of The Duchess of Cambridge. Both beautiful, stunning coffee table books. She's at Bethan Holt on Instagram. Her thoughts were this. She said, my first thought is that I was happy and impressed to see Kate wearing her Emerald Vampire's Wife dress. It's one of her big fashion hits of recent years, but has only been seen once. But this really cements its place in the history books and roots the portrait in the early 2020s, especially with the addition of the Manolos. This is what I love this part. She says, I've heard... Kate dresses much more young and fun in private. And I think we really see that side of her coming through. It's like you've glimpsed them at a dinner party, the most relaxed but glamorous couple in the room. It's also interesting that Kate's 40th birthday portraits were quite historical looking. While this is grand yet modern, what ties both together is how impeccably stylish they are. You can tell that they really care about this stuff and are ensuring there's plenty of beautiful imagery of them above and beyond the photos taken in public. An amazing take. The dinner party. You can picture it because they also seem to be turning and looking at someone that's like saying a joke in the corner of the room and they're both looking but holding on to each other. I see that so clearly and I think that's such a smart call out. What do you think? Well, I want to know, Roberta, what was your reaction? Like, did you love it? Did you what? like just in in a word, in a sentence, did you like this portrait? Shock at the outfit choice for sure. It's grown Vampire's on me. wife really gonna be cemented in time. There's so many reasons why I think now it makes sense. She chose it. The color is stunning. The way he painted it to actually look metallic. Like and shimmery. this is a it's beautiful flat 2D painting. And this portrait is I I mean. I'm not an art critic. I find it stunning. I concur. I completely agree. I love it. I think that something that is important to think about is the fact that we do, we are so used to seeing movement. We are so used to seeing, like we live within an Instagram social media world that it's jarring to see people that we see thousands of times a day. It feels like, I don't know, I'm always on Getty, but like to see them painted in the way that like we look back at like Queen Elizabeth portraits and all of that stuff, the Queen Mother. I think that that's what's slightly off for me. You know, you have to almost recalibrate your eyes on it, but I Mm -hmm. love it. I think Mm -hmm. that it's so striking. Yeah, I think when I saw it at first, I thought he he absolutely got William's expression down pat. I think maybe something might be a little off with Kate's face. That's the only thing I think that's Mm -hmm. because we stare at her so much (laughs) that I think it's hard to capture sometimes just just one face of someone. But... It's gorgeous. It's stunning. And I wish we could go see it together at the Fitzwilliam. I mean, it's going to happen. I do. Speaking of William, I love his power pose. I think that Mm. he just looks really confident and strong. And I do like that they're looking to the side. I think that they, you know, and there's no tiara. Like, Mm. I think that they tried to come across really much more laid back and casual. The jewelry, though, is notable. I feel like we should call it. It's the Princess Diana's Collingwood earrings, as well as her three-strand pearl bracelet. And then for the first time ever that we know of, Kate's wearing the Duchess of Cambridge pearl pendant brooch that's on loan from the queen the queen's worn it multiple times and william's call out to cambridge is actually a cambridge blue tie i guess that's Mm -hmm. the color of the county i did like though the memes of 
what are they glancing back at? And then it's the portrait of Harry and Meghan on the Vogue cover. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's really fun. People are creative. Yes. I think the thought that they're glancing backward and taking cues from history, though, is kind of a like a lovely thing I also thing was to like, about. maybe they were, you know, the kids were around for one of the sittings or something. I was just mm. making this up. And they're looking and being like, don't get into that trouble. I don't know. <laughs> it's or just- no, I love that, too. But also, like, this just struck me. This came to my mind just now. It's like, Never forgetting where they came from, yeah. and especially no, in I Kate's think that that case. makes very and, clear sense. And Diana, no, like for her memory lives on, and I think looking backward while also being this modern, future monarch mm-hmm. is incredible. So well, and also like you talk, a lot of people criticize the choice of dress, and I think that to me, I think that it's these portraits are meant to be a moment in time. Mm -hmm. You look at the portraits of Diana in the 80s with the family portraits and things like that. They, you know, her dresses were distinctively 80s. And I think that it does, the point is to root it in a specific time period. And I love thinking about people 200 years from now seeing this in a museum. If museums are still, hopefully you can still go to museums and not just like beam there or something. Yeah. (laughs) And a British designer. I mean, of course she's, you know, the vampire's wife. That's incredible for this brand to have forever time immemorialized, I guess. Rachel, show and tell your turn. What's up? Royal whiplash. That's what I was describing this to you as because we're pivoting so much in this episode with Charles, another cash scandal, Roberta. Ugh. Like, I'm so... (laughs) I can't believe that this continues to be a narrative connected to him. Here's the gist. Basically, there was a Sunday Times expose over the weekend that revealed that between 2011 and 2015, Charles received $3 million in cash from the former prime minister of Qatar. And he is actually quote, like known as the man who bought London he for his shady Qatari investments, human rights violations. He's put money into a lot of London landmarks like Harrods and things like that. It gets shadier, though, because the, the cash was given personally to Charles in the one million of it was given in a suitcase. The second million was given in plastic shopping bags from Fortnum and Mason. And then the remainder, the the additional one million was in a duffel bag. It was also given to Charles in 500 pound notes, which are no longer a denomination that exists, but they were commonly referred to as bin Ladens due to their oh. sort of connection to terrorist financial crimes definitely came from, you know, not a great place. I can't get over the fact that the Fortnum and Mason shopping bags. Yeah, like, and you're just like, this is cool. Because Clarence House, of course, so released a vivid. statement that all correct processes were followed. This money was deposited to Charles's charitable foundation. And I believe that, but I also feel like, why would this be carried out in this way? Why would you accept donations from this type of person? It's You have Michael Fawcett, that whole situation hanging over Charles' head, and now you have this. Yeah, it makes you really, I mean, everything is said to be all legal. The right processes were followed. But I think it makes you really question the people Charles still has around him. And when Michael Fawcett obviously takes the fall for that cash for access and knighthood scheme, and then he's gone. And this is still kind of coming to light. Supposedly, there's a lot more revelations that are about to come out about Charles. Because there's an investigation. Yeah. And Oman said that the sources close to um, or palace sources in his recent article about this, they're said that there's more revelations still um, that people don't know about. So 
Well, yeah, because it's like I think people are the question is, does it does it question Charles's right to succession? And I think that what's icky to me is just the ethics violation of it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, it's cash for charity. Charities are allowed to accept cash donations. But knowing that this is from such a shady person and Charles has direct access, potentially sway over the British prime minister, even though I don't think Boris Johnson really likes Charles. I think they are kind of at odds with each other um, over other comments. And we'll get into that. But, you know, he has connections to government ministers. I just can't understand why he would, I mean, for lack of a better word, be so dumb to put himself in this position. Is that terrible to say? Do you think someone brought a giant bag of Fortnum and Masons and he was like, Oh, have you brought me scones and jam? And then it's, <laughs> it's a million euros. Maybe you're right. Maybe he was totally like caught a million off guard. pounds. Yeah, but I he knew know. that he was working with this person, right? I I think that that's what's strange. And and Charles has actually had for Charles a pretty decent week, where you have on the heels of Chagum, he made some bold, you know, political strides again for the royals, where they don't say much. But he talked about supporting countries breaking away from the Commonwealth if they so choose. How he wants the history of transatlantic slave trade taught in British schools. He also made it clear that he is against the UK's deportation policy to send migrants to Rwanda. That was slightly backtracked, but. He he made that point. And then he's been this. really good at PR. And I think like he's his, doing a little bit. He's doing homework. I mean, there's more that they can do. Yeah, but I think he talked about like teaching moments. the British transatlantic slave trade in schools. Like he's saying more than any other member of the royal family has ever dared say before. And we apl- I, I mean, I speak for both of us. But I feel like we yeah. applaud him for all that he's done in that regard. Even mentioning slavery at one of these supposedly the royal reporters there were like, this is big. This is huge. Yeah. She's acknowledging it. He says he's learning. He's, he's you know, doing his homework and things like that. He didn't but, apologize for it. But yes, he's acknowledging it in a this. way that's much more than ever before. And then you're just like, the optics. Come on, Charles. Yeah. You know, this guy has like human yeah. rights violations. It's just, anyways, um, we'll see what happens with that. But it is fascinating to me because in tandem with this news, we then saw, surprise, the queen. Yeah, she's in Scotland (laughs) for, I know, she's in Scotland for Royal Week. Holyrood Week is what they nickname Royal Week. And she took the Royal Train Sunday night overnight to be there. She has now done three back-to-back engagements this week, which off, you know, the last time we saw her was the Platinum Jubilee. So this is a huge deal to see her three times in a row. I don't, I think that was the most, three times is more than we saw her at the Platinum Jubilee, actually, which is incredible. So, wow. She is in peak fashion form, thanks to Angela Kelly, who's by her side. She's using Philip's cane. She's beaming. Every All the comments on social media are that smile. She looks amazing. The wave. I can't help but get vibes that she is like this proud grandma of Scotland that has to be at this other grandchild's recital, and she doesn't want to miss it. And so she's there for every <laughs> event. She's there for everything. I think she really loves this in particular, this event on her calendar, we know she loves Royal Ascot, but it seems like it was just way too hot for her to be yeah, there. Yeah, that was horses. dangerous. Yeah. Whereas this is more, well, Scot- Scotland's cooler, mm-hmm. in my opinion, figuratively <laughs> and literally. No, um, I do have a soft spot for Scotland because I lived there for a year and I think she does as well. So this was really sweet to see her out and about. I just hope that she's not being overworked. Yes. Take it easy. We want her to, you know, yeah. go at her own pace. But I, I thought she was a vision in that lavender vision. hue. Like and that florals. might be one of my most favorite colors on her. And she just looked stunning. And she looked to me, you know, we saw the pictures last week of her getting that haircut. And I think 
that almost aged her more for me, the haircut, when I saw that image. These photos could have been taken five years ago. Yeah. I'm like not, you know, (laughs) five to 10, but probably five years ago. Yeah. All right. Quickly, before we get to highs and lows, the Sussexes and Oprah, what's going on here? So uh, over the weekend on Saturday, the Sussexes were caught by the paparazzi driving into Oprah's Montecito estate. They had a little convoy with them, which is that they had a Range Rover with Harry, Megan, and Janina Gavanker, their good friend. And then in the back, the security detail. Janina, an interesting choice to bring to the meeting with Oprah. She has said that she watched the Oprah special with Meghan and Harry in 2020. She has the receipts, she said before. Here's a clip of her on ITV this morning about the bullying allegations that came just before the Oprah interview. After reading this short statement that came out from Buckingham Palace today, I thought two things. At one side, I I thought... I'm so thankful that they are finally acknowledging the experience. But on the other side, I know that the family and the staff were well aware of the extent of it. And though their recollections may vary, ours don't because we lived through it with them. And there are many emails and texts to support that. So I guess my first question is, is this a second Oprah special? And my gut reaction says no, but I want to know what your thoughts are. Yeah, I think that's the thing. It's like an an image of them arriving. I think it said that they were there just for about an hour. Could have been a play date. Megan was in the back seat. Like we don't, you know. She had the car seat covered with a blanket. Like, Yeah, who knows if the kids were there. Maybe they were just like chatting great kids books with Oprah. Who knows? But I do think that, you know, the radar goes up and – you're curious. I mean, they definitely have a friendship, so it's not yeah. that bizarre to me. I think it's more interesting post, like, the Times report that the bullying allegation investigation is actually going to kind of not see the light of day. I think that's what makes this the most interesting because in my mind, I keep thinking, like, what do you do if you're Megan and you've kind of been slandered a little bit and then you realize that no, no one, they want no one to know you were right. I think that's what really is hard mm-hmm. in her mind. I think she obviously feels probably a little bit justified that there is nothing to announce about the bullying investigation because those claims were rescinded already. So yeah. I don't know. It was interesting too. Oprah Oprah posted on Instagram this Oprah Daily story and a link. And in the story, the headline actually says – um, you can't just survive, you must thrive, which is from a Maya Angelou quote. But we know that Megan mentioned that in that ITV uh, Africa interview a long ways back. So I just thought that was an interesting call. What did she film it on Saturday while they were there? <laughs> Why is Janina there? Top if they're of just, mind. You know, because I think like at the, at the same time, it could be they're just visiting their neighbor, like Oprah's yeah, their neighbor and their absolutely. friends, and they're just paying a visit. But then it's like, why is Janina there? And she's the one who's been very vocal about this. Yeah. And it does like I know that we talked a little bit about this with, you know, we've heard and read a lot that trust is very much broken between William and Harry. I, you know, the memoir is coming. I'm curious if these types of sightings, if they tune into them at all, are adding to nerves, you know, what might be continued to be revealed. Yeah. You know. One 
one last update about the Sussexes and then we'll yes. get highs and lows. Yes. It was such a delight actually, you know, that I think that that polo tournament at the Santa Barbara um, location is done. But Delfina, the wife of Nacho Figueres, shared a caption about Megan um, with a pic of them in those gorgeous shorts that I really I feel like it's become the summer <laughs> shorts need. for me. I am into shorts all of a sudden. I've never worn them in like 15 years. But she said she says that they are p-wives. Is how she makes a hashtag. I said p-wives. Maybe oh, p-wives. Wives. I was like p-wives. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, Delfina calls out that it's a it means polo wife. That's Megan's idea. And she, quote, says, it was genius of you, M, to come up with this. She also references that this is one of the only pictures that they have together. She calls Megan her sister and says how the past two months were so special during this polo tournament. I think these quotes stood out to me and were worth repeating. Delfina writes, I wish everyone knew you the way you are and, quote, can't wait to see you again soon to share thrills, hikes, and just more chill time. You also have my respect. Keep walking steady and strong. Listen to your heart. That will guide you well because you have a big one and it's a beautiful one. I thought this was just, you know, it's fascinating to me how this might all work. Like, I don't know, Roberta, do you do this with your friends sometimes where you might text to be like, are you okay if I post something about today? And I'm curious if that kind of played out with Delfina and Megan, you know, because obviously you don't, we don't get these glimpses, these very personal glimpses into Megan and anymore, especially. And so I think it just, um, my first reaction though, and this sounds really mean and I don't mean this to be mean is that the earnestness was at a level of almost cringe. But then I kept thinking, like, it was like a little cringy to be like, my pee wife. Like, I don't know. It felt very high school almost. But then I also thought, you know, Taylor Swift said it's the summer of cringe and that we should all embrace our own cringiness. <laughs> I didn't see that. Oh, my gosh. So I – it was at an NYU graduation speech. So I definitely – I think I love it. I I embrace I'm embracing the cringiness of this. It is so sweet and you're right. We don't get these glimpses that often. It's fun to have this peek in behind what Megan's really like around the people she loves. So, it seems like this is like a really genuine friendship and yeah. also someone who's not afraid to just like talk about all the things they talk about and share it. So, I will be following Delphina. Yeah, that's why I'm curious like did she get sign off? Is there yeah. like, you know, cuz I just think again like the information is so guarded heavily with the Sussexes. I feel like she curious. had to have. Yeah, yeah, I would think. I mean, like I said, I text my friends. I'm like, are you okay if I post this? <laughs> highs and lows? Yeah, let's do it. It's time for the Royal Highs and Lows. My low, oh, it yeah. hurts to say it even, is that Dame Deborah James, aka Bow Babe, has passed away at the age of 40 after a five-year battle with bowel cancer. This is the woman who was given a damehood by William just a month ago, and Kate and William actually posted a very heartfelt tweet about their sadness over her death. They said, we're so sad to hear the heartbreaking news about Dame Deborah. Our thoughts are with her children, her family, and her loved ones. They signed it off W and C, meaning it's from them personally. This is just crushing to me. I read a couple obituaries yesterday in the New York Times. The New York Times one was incredible and I suggest everyone go read it about her battle her strength and her light through what I can't even imagine of a life experience that must be and um it was it's just sad I'm sad thinking yeah I'm sad too we should move on what's your low my low Dan Wooten Ugh, I don't even want to mention his name here to be honest but he had a column in the Daily Mail where he was criticizing Charles for taking a stance on certain things, as we've talked about in this episode, and says, quote, royals must remain politically neutral and whiter than white. 
That phrase is meant to mean honest and moral, but it's obviously incredibly racist. Um, and Dan Wooten absolutely knew what he was doing. He's a despicable person and moving on. I think his editors like let him print this yeah, because they know it'll generate awful. so much coverage ugh. of it. So yeah, that's just, ugh. Um, my high though is that Beatrice has just, again, I think this is my high literally every week actually. I have to stop. Um, she's serving looks. Her sequin pale green dress by New York City female founded Markarian. Stunning. It was at the National Gallery, The Alchemist's Feasts. She also had a couple great outfits at Glastonbury, although reportedly her card got declined a couple times when she was buying drinks at a fancy Oops. stand there. Yeah, that's awkward. Money troubles? I don't know. I feel like everyone had to pitch in for the sale of the Swiss chalet or whatever, maybe. Um, but yeah, so maybe it was a, a Wi-Fi connection. Maybe she's been spending too much on these great outfits. <laughs> I'm doing the card swiping. Me like, too. I was just doing it signal. as well. Yeah. I mean, I love retail therapy, girlfriend, but geez. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's my high, though. She's just, she looks great. I think more Beatrice in all of our lives. I know. I'm, I'm going to do a quick plug that I just tested that Reformation dress that she wore for Pure Wow, if you, anyone wants to read. <gasps> you it did? Is stunning, Roberta. Wait, the blue and white floral? Yes. One? Yes. Wait. Go show me right now. Can you go to your closet and grab it out? I'm serious. I'm actually serious. All right, hold on, hold on. I got to disconnect. One second. (laughs) There she goes. She's running to her closet. Uh, This is what I love about Zoom. Oh. (gasps) Oh, it's stunning. I didn't know it was quarter-length sleeves. I think I forgot. I thought it was short sleeves. Oh, no. It's beautiful. It's stunning. I'm not going to put it on for you, but I'm I'm trying to hold it up. And the slit is the, so. Do you love it on? I love it on. It fits like a glove. You can read my review, but I just I really thought that I would not be able to pull this off. And quick plug: you can read my review, Roberta. No, I know. I'm, I'm just chilling for my own writing. <laughs> no, I know. But I um, but it's gorgeous, and the slit is great for summer. Like it actually <sighs> really lets the breeze in, so it's a really great dress. Anyway, so you have I'm an sorry. event in California that you're going to be absolutely at to? packing it for California, Roberta. Do I don't you, know. You should go to like a Michelin star restaurant and wear it. And take pictures. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to find an occasion, even if I have to wear it to like the playground with Finn. Okay. I just derailed our highs and lows (laughs) after trying not to do that. Okay. People want to know about what you're buying. Yes. Well, this will be a regular And what you're buying always. Okay. Yeah. What the Royals are buying. Just a reminder before (laughs) we close. Wait, my high, my high. Oh, shit. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. Don't forget me. I thought that was your high. I just tagged it on really fast. My high is Megan's Vogue interview with Gloria Steinem. How could we not mention this? It's just wrapping it up. If you haven't read it, go read it immediately. All about the Roe v. Wade decision. I liked it for three reasons. One, I love Jessica Yellen. I follow her on Instagram. Mm -hmm. If you aren't already, you should be doing that. I love Gloria Steinem. I think that her perspective over so many decades dealing with this exact issue is so valuable and important. And... I liked this moment. They say, why, you know, why does it matter that Harry and Meghan step in on these topics? And Gloria says, because they command trust. And I feel that. I want to hear what Meghan's saying. I want to hear what Mm -hmm. Gloria's saying. It's the same reason we look to any celebrity figure, I think. And then this last part, Roberta, I thought you would appreciate Gloria. Gloria describes it. She says, hope is a form of planning. I thought that that was a really cool. I'm like, I'm going to, that's how I feel. I feel like I can channel my poster. Yeah. Yeah. I can channel my hope into lists and what to do next. And I do think that that's kind of insightful and brilliant. I'm so sorry that we almost skipped this because it is so, it's It's all right. Favorite part of the episode. I, I think we were all waiting for Megan to say something about this decision. Like, 
it's reassuring to hear from her on these things like paid family leave, um, women's rights, and now abortion. And I love that she's championing this. And I that do. She's, she's teaming doing up good with Gloria work. Starnum. Yeah. It's the, such it's their power duo. And I, stuff. It's just she's yeah. doing good work and valuable work. So it's also been just like, I, I think this was funny. A writer wrote, um, ever since Harry moved to the US, it's been effing insanity and i think that's so true, true. Like, what does he think of our country <sighs> on that note happy fourth of july no <laughs> <laughs> just a reminder before we close leave us a royal rating five stars pretty please we'll link to rachel's um reformation review in the description and remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode follow us on instagram at royally obsessed podcast and tiktok royally obsessed new and you can drop us an email at info at gallerypodcast.com until next week till the following week oh 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 that's right we're off next week till the following week have a great fourth of july god God save save the pod her majesties of royally obsessed have retired for this episode god save the pod and if you fancy the podcast give royally obsessed the royal rating of five stars on apple podcasts Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.